of roses. You each one have a beautiful fragrance that's all your own and unique to you. Some of you feel like you're wilting this bouquet. And God wants you to know tonight that he's touching you. Whoever and wherever you are in this room, he's laying his hand upon you so that new life is springing forth inside of you. And those that were wanting to wilt and fall to the side of the vase are now beginning to rise up with life springing forward and out of them in a fresh new way. For you see, each one of you women, God says, you're a delight to my heart. You take on armies and multitudes of tasks, and you do them every single day. You are an amazing species, you women. You're a delight to my heart, says God, because you light up wherever you go. You shine with a light that you don't even understand is inside of you. And so tonight, as I have gathered you here in this place, I have uniquely and individually placed you in my vase so that your gifts, your callings, your beauty will be shown off to its most amazing way. You see, the world would squash you and walk right on top of you. But God says, this night I'm laying my hand upon you. And those that have been weak are now going to be strong. Those that have been sad are going to all, all of a sudden feel a new joy rise up within. Those that have been discouraged and hurt are going to arise and begin to look at the world in a brand new way. For this night, you are my bouquet. You know, I was just standing there figuring up. This is my, I get teary about this. You, this is my 23rd ladies Christmas banquet. And you're not the same group I started out with, although you of you are, Winona. Winona leave. How many of you are here? 23 years ago in 1989. Wow, am I the only one? Debbie Brawley, where are you at? Yes, yay. Another one. This is the highlight of our year. That's why we keep putting those little notes on Facebook. It's the ladies' Christmas banquet. But you see, it means more to me than it does to you. Why? Because I've been doing this for a while. And because every year, there are new faces 
and some of the old ones reappear. How beautiful you are, each one of you. You are just a gorgeous group to behold. And that's just the way God sees you too. And look at Linda, I'm so glad she's here. You know, she's had a rough year. How many of you can say I've had a rough year? But I'm still here. I'm still standing. You're a beautiful, beautiful bunch of women. I love you with all my heart. But I just want you to know this is a treasured time. It's a special time just for us women. Because God wants to minister to your heart tonight. He wants to minister right where you're at. If you're in the mud, he's going to pull you out. If you're in the rain, he's going to put up an umbrella. If you're tired, he's going to pick you up. If you're weary, he's going to give you a little push and take your hand. He's got something for everyone here tonight. I just don't want you to miss what he's got for you. Don't let this evening complete itself without you receiving something special from God because he wants to do something for you. There's nothing like being in the sweet, sweet presence of a loving Father. And like this morning, Pastor Tom was talking about our identity. And you have a beautiful identity as a daughter of the Most High God. And as this morning, as he talked about identity theft, we're going to choose not ever to let the enemy try to steal our identity and who we are as daughters of the king. You're his daughter. You're his princess. And tonight is a special night of just daughters coming together. You know, there's, there's nothing like a sisterhood of just knowing what we face as mothers and sisters and grandparents, some of us, and aunts and employers and employees and all that goes on in life. But as she said, 23 years. That's how old Rachel is, 23 but I really think this is probably 27 banquets of Living Word Fellowship. 27 banquets that when, when Pastor Tanya started back in 1985. And we've carried that tradition on, not just to carry a tradition on, but to have one time a year where we can come together as daughters, as sisters, as friends as a family. 
you know, I know that as she shared, Tatum, you know, things going on in her life, each one of us have things that have gone on. I think about a year ago right now that we were at the hospital with my with my grandmother and of having five generations, many banquets. And I think about what she's been doing the last year in heaven and the joy that she's been experiencing. And I know each of you have those loved ones that, that as we come up to Christmas and some of you are facing some of those anniversary times. And we think about what what Eden has done the last year in in heaven and but God, but God, but God. Our loving Father is there walking wiping away our tears. He's with us when we're smiling and laughing and having a great time. He's with us. So I just want to say that I love each and every one of you tonight. And I want to say thank you for coming, each one of you, and sharing this night with us. I love you. Eric and I love what we're doing, and we love being a part of your lives. And we're thankful. We're thankful for each of you. And tonight is, you know, just, I know Pastor Charlotte is, she's got an awesome word ready to share with you. But you know, when we yield our lives to God, he is, he's working things out and he's bringing you to different places and he's uniting you together with people and it's not just for you but it's for a lot a lot of others and I and this morning I shared just a little bit about what God did to bring us together with Pastor Charlotte Pastor Tom and yeah, I know some of you weren't there this morning, so I just want to share a brief minute of, of knowing that when you just surrender your life and, and you're just like, God, I, I want to I wanna go where you, where you want me to go. I want to be who you called me to be. I want to be in the right place at the right time, connecting me with the right people. And that's what God did by bringing Pastor Tom and Charlotte into our lives. They live... In Longview, Texas, they've been pastoring. They've been in ministry for 27, 27 years. And they've been pastoring a church since 2005, LifeBridge Christian Center in Longview. And John Jacobs and Power Force, do you remember whenever he, he and his team were here? They went, they were here, and then they went to Pastor Tom and Charlotte's church. And he said, you have got to meet the McDaniels. You have like spirit. You, you're, you're going to love them. And, and we thought, okay, yeah, that'll, 
we, we want to meet them, but we weren't, you know, sometimes people can say that and you just don't, you don't know if your, your paths really will ever cross because everybody's lives get busy. And he had surgery and they came from Longview and we came from Woodward and we were at Oklahoma City for the surgery. We went through a storm together, physical storm, a hail storm there in Oklahoma City. And uh, we spent the evening together and uh, had a great time. And, and then Crystal got sick. But before she got sick, I was like, Crystal, sometimes I, God uses me to stretch her to do something that she had never done before, like go to church by herself with the kids, without Brian. It's Brian's gone most, most of the time, you know. So I was like, you can do it, honey. I promise. Even though she threw up in the parking lot before she went in. Sorry. But that was the fear that was holding her. That was how strong it was. That the enemy was trying to hold her and bind her from a relationship that he wanted to bring into her life and to my life. And she, she, she went in. She enjoyed it. She survived. She lived. And she went back. <laughs> and I would talk to Charlotte. And you know, we didn't even really know each other that well, but I knew her in the Spirit. I knew her by the Spirit of God that we were sisters. And I would say, you know, Crystal, she's just start, started having seizures. She, she doesn't have a license. She can't go. She can't. And she she ministered to her. She went with her. She stayed with her at the hospital three days, and they had no sleep. They couldn't. She kept, helped keep, keep Crystal awake, and and they developed a friendship. And and now here we are today. And I feel like I've known her all my life. And so. Be open to who God wants to bring into your lives. Because you know what? When he brings people into your life, it's to enlarge you. Just like she talked about that you're enlarged enough to love bigger and love more with every child, with every person. And so when God brings people into your life, it's, it's to enlarge you. It's to make you a better person when he does it. So, so tonight, I just want, I want you to welcome Pastor Charlotte, a dear friend of mine, as she comes and she shares what God's laid on her heart tonight. Pastor Charlotte. Praise the Lord. My husband back there. 
hallelujah. Wow, it's been awesome. Um, I'm almost speechless. <laughs> almost. Um, I'm very honored to be here tonight. It's a very special night. And um, it is the time that we celebrate Christmas, this, the Christmas season. And there's been so much said tonight, even through worship, that has stirred up so much inside of me, I almost want to change my message. But uh, I do want to be led by the Holy Spirit, and I want to deliver the word that God wants and to use tonight in each and every one of your lives. And so I don't know, it might be mixed with three messages, who knows. But if it is, just flow with me, and I chase rabbits at times. But um, I do want you to be encouraged. I know that this season does bring a lot of pain. Sometimes it's the memory of the, a lost loved one. It's a first maybe Christmas without a husband or a daughter or a son or a wife or a mother or a father. Or there's somebody that maybe you've lost. And, and, and Jesus doesn't take that lightly. And I want you to know, as pastors, we don't either. And um, it's a time and a season where the spirit of joy, I pray, can overtake your heart. And that you'll let God as we all have experienced some losses in our life, and this is my second Christmas without my wonderful Meemaw, who lived 90 years, and uh, she decided that um, a year ago, right before this past Thanksgiving, that she was going to walk on streets of gold and, and eat at the supper table with Jesus and, you know, and have a meal with him because her life here and her wonderful body that God had given her had wore out, and she wasn't going to be eating Thanksgiving meal is what the doctor told her if she didn't have the surgery. And she said, well, you know, I'm not supposed to live here forever anyway. <laughs> if I'm not eating with my mouth, don't hook me up to no machine. I might just go be with Jesus. And she made it through the surgery, and she did um, live another three or four days. It was from a Friday to a Sunday. But, and I was with her when, I, when she left the earth. And um, I, to be honest, I didn't know if I could do that because I was just, I loved her so much. And she called me Sugar Shar. It's probably why I eat so many sweets. But um, I always say, Mamma, what's your fault? <laughs> but she and I both like to eat sweets together. But um, I was with her when she left this earth, and so maybe someone needs to hear this story because it wasn't in my intention to share it. But I remember the, the Sunday morning that we had service um, right before Thanksgiving, and we got the phone call that Mamma had said, Someone came and said, your mamma said to get everybody to the hospital because she's going to be leaving. She saw her daughter in, that God had showed her her daughter had died of cancer the year Tom and I got married. And she said, I saw Linda, and so I know I'm going soon. And um, so you call the whole family to the hospital. And we were just about to enter second service. We have two services. And Tom and I were actually preaching together that day. And so I looked at Tom and I said, um, I'm going to trust the Lord. That if Meemaw goes to be with Jesus while we're here, you know, sharing the gospel, then, um, then that's the way it's supposed to be. But if I'm supposed to be with her, then God will um, get, continually let her stay until I come and, and, and she goes. And uh, so Tom and I, we preached the second service together, and I got my things together and quickly left and went to the hospital. And she was actually there till 11 I think it was 11.36 that night that she decided to retire. And all the family came in and out. And she would look up and she goes, oh, David, 
Look at you. My oldest son is David. We have David, Jared, and Brian. I have a 25-year-old, a 23-year-old, and a 21-year-old son. But all the grandchildren, all the great-grandchildren, all the sons and daughters, and everybody had come through and visited Mammal that day. And after everyone left, um, I, and I had, I did, um, I went to the hospital, and there was so much family there. I thought I'm going to go pack my bags and go back and stay at the hospital. And all the way, I remember saying to, Je- saying to the Lord, Lord Jesus. You know, this is not easy for me. I, I, I've never been with a loved one, you know, that's left the earth, you know, to come to be home with you. And, and I don't know that I can, to be honest. But I know your word says that I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. And I really need you to strengthen me right now. And um, because if I'm going to be there, um, I, I just know this. I, I, I believe in my heart that when a Christian leaves, they're leaving up. <laughs> And, and you hear stories that people who've left, but they came back or they were, they were over and they were looking at people and they can tell you situations that was happening as they were leaving, even though when God sent them back. So I made up my mind, you know what? I do not want to fall apart and let my grandmother see me laying on her body while she's going up in to be with Jesus and me crying. I said, I don't want her to be that last visual that she sees while she's entering to the gates of heaven. So I will hold it together by your grace, Jesus. I just know I can do this with you. And so um, I just said, God, I receive your grace and if I'm going to be there. And I plan on being there till she, she either got up off that bed or she was going to be with Jesus. And we really felt like that it was that time because she was ready. And um, it got to be around 1130-ish. And uh, we had sat by the bed and talked with Mima. And, and uh, she wasn't talking a whole lot. But and she'd go in her eyes, I'd say, Mima. Do you want me to get you anything? She goes, God's under control. God's got it. He's, all, he's in control. All right, Mima. She kind of closed her eyes, and I got up, and I walked over to a desk, and my cousin who was there with me I got up, and she walked over and sat in a chair and fell asleep, and I remember writing on Facebook, you know, some things don't always go the way you plan, and it's not always easy, you know, to see a loved one suffer, but I know that God is able to help us through any circumstance. And, I, and I, I, I finished the quote on Facebook, sort of like that, and I said, Jesus, don't let my grandmother suffer. And open her eyes to see you when you come. And I ask you that in the name of Jesus, you'll also send your angels in this room. And all of a sudden it was like, and my cousin flew up out of the seat. I mean, I'm saying this quiet prayer, and all of a sudden, you, it's like you felt God come in the room, and the angel showed up. And here I am, the pastor's wife. I didn't see this, but my cousin who, you know, she just occasionally, casually walks with the Lord now and then, but she flies over here, and she says, it's time. It's time. Oh, my gosh. And she's right by the bed, and I'm on the other side of the bed with Mamma, and she goes, look up. Jeannie, Jeannie's on this side going, look up. There's Jesus. Oh, my gosh. It's real. Mamma, you can go. You can leave now. It's okay. You can leave. It's okay. It's going, oh, it's so beautiful. And she's dancing. It's so beautiful, Mimo. It's okay. And I'm going, yes, okay. And I start singing Amazing Grace. <laughs> and so Jeannie joins me. And we're singing Amazing Grace. And as I'm singing Amazing Grace, my, mother, my grandmother's going, mm. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. My grandmother goes, that saved a wretch like me, me, now once was lost. My grandmother goes, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. 
we kept going. She's like, and she, went, and she left. She nodded her head that third time before she went. And, and I'm looking at Jeannie. We just kept on singing, sitting by the bed. <laughs> and I looked at Jeannie after we finished our song, and I go, you okay? She goes, I'm great. I'm good. Oh, uh, yes, I'm fine. I said, okay, praise the Lord. I love you, Mimo. I love you. And I'm sitting there <laughs> just rejoicing and thanking God that his spirit is so real. His love is so great. I was high for three days. I, I, I couldn't weep, you know, because I was so grateful of God's faithfulness. It is so amazing. And so I, I told her, I said, okay, you're fine. I'm going out here to get these nurses. Let them come in here. And she goes, okay. I said, you're good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Praise the Lord. <laughs> so I walk out and go around the nurse's station. And I say, okay, ladies, my grandmother, she went to be with Jesus. And uh, so I'm going to make a phone call. So y'all need to probably go in there and, you know, do what you need to do. And she goes, they looked at me and went, oh, okay. All right, we'll do that. I said, okay, good. I'll be right with y'all in a minute. I went in the room and another room and I called my aunt, which was my grandmother's uh, daughter. And, and then I called my father, my grandmother's son. And I let them all know that Mamaw had retired from this earth and was dancing on streets of gold and, and they could come and join us if they wanted to. And I went back in the room. But when I left the hospital even, and I've heard, you hear different stories, but there was such an aroma that came into the room. It followed me to my car. <laughs> and I get in the car and I'm like, I feel like I got Jesus on one side and Mamaw on this side. And I can remember going, oh, sugar shower is so beautiful. Oh, if you could only see it. Oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, honey. And I can just hear her saying, I'm like, and I can just see Jesus smiling. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> and I'm driving home, and I had this aroma, this sweet aroma. Can't explain it other than just as a precious scent, maybe from heaven. And I drive into my neighborhood 25 minutes away, and I kid you not, there is a wild horse just standing in the, and when you drive up in the neighborhood, there were several lots that were not sold. And there's a wild horse standing there <laughs> with a rope half around its neck. And I was like, whoa, that reminds me of my grandmother. She's so free. It's like a wild horse. You know, we, we, we tie them up. They're like, ha, I'm free. Nobody get me. I'm out here. No, I'm not coming back home. And so I thought it was really strange because I'm a horse lover. But I, I, when I thought about the horse, I thought about the freedom that, that we have in Christ when we know Jesus and, and we really know what Christmas is all about. And we don't have to be afraid of death. The Bible says that the, the day of death for the saint is better than the day of birth. And I thought, well, how, how come, Jesus? Well, think about it. And as I thought about it, I thought, oh, heavenly fathers in the heavenly places waiting for his children. And see, we get to be the earthly parents here. We receive our children into our arms, and it brings such great joy. Well, this is not, this is only the beginning of life. This is only, you know, teaching us and training us to rule and reign in heavenly places as we rule and reign in our homes and on the earth. But when we get to heaven, all the Father's saying, come on, honey, come on up here. I'm going to hold you. I'll be wanting to squeeze you and just love on you. And see, down here we get distracted. And so we don't always know how to let God's love come in. And, you know, life has a way of us, and the enemy has a way of setting up traps, you know, especially, well, for anybody, but I think as women, you know, he just sets these traps up. 
So it has a way of stealing our joy and stealing our peace. And, you know, I think about Christmas. I think also about he is the Prince of Peace. You wrote his own Christmas card, really, y'all. But he is the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the ruler over everything. But, see, and we've heard it this morning in some of the sermon and even in some of the songs, that if we don't choose him, whatever we choose, chooses you. If you choose to be bitter, rather than getting better, it's not going to be an easy walk. And you know, uh, the Bible says so much about the love of God, and really that was one of the things that I had struggled on um, sharing my, one of my favorite scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 versus what um, I wanted to speak to us on about the words of our mouth because words of our mouth are just... We create words, you know, we create circumstances even through the words of our mouth. If Jesus created the earth, the heavens and the earth with the words of his mouth, then we create even turmoil in the midst of what should be peace with frustration and anger and bitterness and all these things. But it is a choice. It gets back to choosing. And so at, at the season of Christmas, um, no matter if you have are struggling with the pain of a lost one. Listen, Jesus' mother even knows the pain of the loss of her only, her firstborn son, who was crucified on a cross, willing to die for the sins of the world, who did no wrong. And so he would have done it if you were the only one that he created on the earth, because his love is so deep and so wide. Sometimes we just, like my husband said in the sermon this morning, you know, I would shoot up, and I'd say, I love you, Jesus. He'd fall to his knees and repent and say, forgive me. But until the day he understood how much God loved him, he didn't stop doing the drugs. And you see, drugs are not an issue with Jesus. Sin is not an issue with Jesus. He died for our sins. It's what's causing us to do the drugs. What causes us to turn to alcohol? What causes us to turn to bitterness? And there are lots of causes in this life, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And so I want you to not feel alone tonight and through this Christmas season because Jesus, just call on his name, like I call on his name in that room for my grandmother. He says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. And I have... I asked the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me, and I'm going to say a prayer because I have lots of things, and I'm, my husband says I'm ADD, so you know I can be everywhere, you know, in a lot of places in a short time. So I want to stay focused because I want you to receive this Christmas season, maybe something you've never received before, and you know what? It could be something just getting your joy back. You know, when I was at the hospital with Crystal, and the ladies are there, like, so how long y'all known each other? Uh. I don't know, we might have been together eight or nine times in four months, or maybe probably more than that, but I've known her maybe three or four months. And you're like, well, you came up here with her? Well, yes, what would Jesus do? But the time that we were together, see, they, the reason why we had to stay up the 24 hours or 48, however long they want to stay up, um, was because they wanted to see if her body would go under stress so she'd have these seizures. Well, I'd watched the girl have eight or nine seizures from Let's see what time I get to your house. 11.30? says, well, I got in bed at 10.30. Okay, around, I got to your house around 10.45. Well, she was having a major seizure. She had given me a key to her apartment. And, like, I'm, you know, and, and I go over, I get this call, and Shelly says, uh, Charlotte, 
Brian's on the phone and he can hear Crystal, but he doesn't, he hasn't heard her speaking. He just hears these noises. And so he don't, can you, yes, I can. I'm, I'm getting my clothes back on. I'm, I'm going over there. I have a key to her house. She gave me a key to her house. And I go and I'm like, Crystal, I'm in the room. I'm in the room. And, and I hear Brian saying, I hear you, Charlotte. I hear you, Charlotte. Well, the phone, she'd hit that phone and, and it called her husband. So he hears her in this seizure that lasted, I don't know, maybe 17 or 18 minutes. I looked at the phone and it, he'd been on the phone with you about, I think, 12 minutes that time. And, and she was just, levitating off the bed and her body was just and I was going oh Lord Jesus so I said um, I'm calling 911 the second time I called 911 on her praise the Lord <laughs> and uh, that's been an interesting relationship that we've had so um anyway I want to stay focused um that's kind of hard for me sometimes so bring me back around Jesus um but in that time that she was doing that and I called 911 uh and they come out she had had Eight or nine, by three, she wouldn't go with the emergent, the people to the hospital, but they get there and she's starting to wake up and she's looking at me and she, I said, you don't know me, do you? Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, this is a different seizure than you had last week because you knew me last week when you was waking about in seizures. <laughs> so, and we can laugh now, but it wasn't very funny then. And you have to, you know, just call on the name of the Lord. And, and I told her, I said, well, the 911 people, they raise people from the dead. I'm practicing, you know, I'm, I'm speaking the word, but they know how to use the machines and pump you back. So whatever you got to do to get you back, if you die, because I thought she died and she may have, because during this one, she, she, she wakes up and then she goes back again. She goes, it turns purple and blue and Oh, Jesus, don't die me. Wake up in the name of Jesus. And these men are coming over. Get your machines in here. <laughs> Whatever it takes. My husband always tells the people at the church, okay, if you get out of control and, and you don't obey in the name of Jesus, I got them police officers back you, they'll take you out. <laughs> we'll deal with it later. <laughs> but whatever it takes, you got to get the job done. <laughs> okay, I'm chasing rabbits. Um, Holy Spirit, help me. But it's all you do things out of love because you love people. I didn't have to know Crystal for very long to take her to a hospital to not sleep all those days and nights. And, and they were wanting her to go under stress. And this was my point. Um, when we got there, we laughed so much. Of course, you know, I stood on my head to make her laugh sometimes. And I jumped over the bed and made the bed go up and down when she's trying to keep her awake and, and uh, did crazy things that you do for people that need to stay awake. And, <laughs> and so... Um, and we're, video, we're on videotape the whole time in this room. It's like, okay, you can't go to sleep. They got her. I have a picture of her. <laughs> She's got all these wires going out of her head. And um, so I'm taking all kinds of pictures of her and with all the wires going out of her head. And we're laughing. We're staying awake. And she didn't have a seizure the whole three or four days. I'm like, well, gosh, we need to quit laughing so much because there's healing and laughter. Laughter is a medicine. So... And I think, well, gosh, we might, Jesus is going to have to just lift up off the earth because I plan on laughing a lot in my life. <laughs> so I might not never die. If I do, just uh, God definitely intended to take her out of there. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> but um, I do want to pray, and I want to um, ask the Lord to touch your lives and let this Christmas season be different from the ones that we've had before. Amen. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the precious name of Jesus. There's such peace in your name. There's such joy in your presence. There's treasures in everything that we have need of, God, in the presence of your wonderful son, Jesus. And, Lord, I just pray that you would use me as a vessel tonight. Um, Lord, uh, help me to, to just speak your oracles from heaven into the hearts of these women that you love so dearly. 
And Lord, that they would take home something from this place tonight, that their lives would never be the same. In Jesus' name. Okay, I did say something to you this morning, so I probably need to keep my word, huh? Did anybody here this morning that heard the opening statement that I was supposed to open up with tonight that I'm opening up with now? Okay. Anybody here this morning that heard this? Okay, there are a few. If God walked right up here and said to you and I, over the next 30 days, everything that you say from your mouth is going to happen. What's your first reaction? Don't. Look at your neighbor and say, don't that scare you to death? Because we have cliches like that that we say, oh, that just scares me plumb to death. Oh, I just, I hate that. And I just don't like this. And, you know, uh, we just say things, don't we? And we don't realize what we're saying. Sometimes we say it jokingly, but sometimes we say it heartfeltly. Amen? From our heart. Heartfeltly. It's my husband. He makes words while he's preaching, so I guess I can too. But hopefully, um, tonight, I want us to um, be aware of the power of our words. Because never in the Bible does God say for, uh, for us to say what you have. He says you can have what you say. So he never says, say what you have. Oh, I'm so broke, Lord. I, this husband of mine, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill these kids and just make some new ones. I don't know what happened to them. Um, have a revelation for you. You got them brand new. I had a man who told me one time, because my son was acting out and he was two years old. He looked at him and he looked at me. And this man, was not a, he was not living for the Lord. I, I believe he got saved before he passed. I gave him a hard time. If he didn't, he's going to be in trouble if I don't see him in heaven. <laughs> but, um, and he said, uh, if you don't like what that child's doing, guess what? You got him brand new. You're the teacher aren't you? Ooh. Ouch. Ooh, that hurt my toes. And so um, that's why this morning we even emphasized about mothers in the house, the, the uh, older women training the younger women is so important. I did not know how hard raising children were going to be. And I used to say things that I will never be like my, I'll never do that. I'll never be like my parents. I would never do, <laughs> oh, honey, if you're, if you're young and you haven't had any children yet, <laughs> I hope your mom and dad get to be there when they're watching you raise your kids on something you said you would never do. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, some, some of you's already happened, hasn't it? You just never knew how difficult that we were for our parents to raise us. And when they didn't do the right thing or say the right thing or spank us the right way or they didn't spank us at all, God help them and God help you because, whoo, the Bible talks a lot, a lot, a lot about discipline. And, but you know what? Uh, God disciplines his children whom he loves. And he says, if you say you love that child and you don't discipline that child, the truth is not in you. That's a whole other story. Anyway, that was maybe for somebody. Because we talked a lot about love and even sang about it tonight. And it is the month that makes me think so much because I think about God's love all the time, but especially around Christmas because there is so much pain that comes through the seasons of holidays, even in itself, because of the things that we've suffered here on the earth. But I am reminded that uh, even Mary, how would you like to be the mother of Jesus, who from the time he was born, King Herod sent out um, people to kill out all the children that were two-year-old and younger, who and under to make sure they tr killed Jesus. 
you know, who ha- the enemy has an assignment against your life, against your seed, against your family. And so, but Jesus said, you'll have trouble in this life, but take heart because I've overcome this world. That's why it's so important um, in our life that we know what the word of God says. Amen. So Proverbs 18, 22, talking about the words of our mouth says life and death are in the power of our tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So what's in the power of our tongue? Life and death. So in other words, the words we speak are impacting our lives and our future and the things around us, right? So I think it's important. Maybe, um, not, I'm not going to pray this prayer for you, but I decided to say, Lord, open my ears that I might begin to hear what's coming out of my mouth and help me to zip it up, be slow to speak, and eager to listen. And Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And, you know, if, I, if I'm sick or if I need something, I'm not going to go sit in front of the TV, which I call the boob tube, because, oh, my gosh, um, there's just a bunch of filth on there. And so I'm not going to fill my mind up if I'm struggling and my family is, you know, um, out of kilter and they're just fighting and bickering and I'm, or I'm sick or I have someone sick. I'm not going to sit and feed my mind all the time with television or music that's of the world. Now, not. If you listen to secular music, that's your choice. But I chose my husband and I because we came out of the nightclub, y'all, and we just, ooh, listened. And I loved country music. I mean, it was like almost a god to me. And, I I mean, I just loved it. I loved country and western dancing and did it good. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I had a good teacher. And so we took over the dance floor when it came to country and western dancing. Everybody would clear the floor because I had a good teacher, and and I really enjoyed it. But I don't miss any of that life compared to the life. I stop dancing. I just change partners. I have Jesus. He's, wor- he's I, I don't know. And, I, and I'm grateful for those calm, delightful worshipers. But I'm like, look out, because if you're next to me, I'm liable to knock you over. Not in the spirit, but with my hand, <laughs> waving to Jesus. I love you, God. I love you. Can't tell you enough. Can't move enough, Lord. And I mean, I just, I wish I could do backflips off of that. You probably better, it's probably, that's probably why Jesus didn't let me do backflips. Because I probably would be drawing attention to myself going, woo. Now I will do, I told, I told mom of the house, if I do a cartwheel or stand in my head, what are you going to think about me? She goes, well, I wouldn't doubt you'd do it. <laughs> I was doing it at her daughter's house with the kids. <laughs> but um, anyway, life in the words of our tongue. Life or death. What are we speaking? I want to ask you, before you enter into a new year, let's be conscious of what we're saying. Even about the next year, I heard Linda, is that your name? Are you Linda? You had a rough year. Yeah, I'm praying that next year is going to be a better. She had two rough years. Yeah, and I've had tough seasons. I've been bedridden three times. I've had back surgery in 94. Just came through a situation where I could have had back surgery again. But in this time, not listen, I am not against doctors. They have saved my life more than once. But we do know a great physician, Jesus, that um, there's been times I said, you know, this one's not for the, phys- the, the physician here on the earth. This healing, this time, is for the great physician. He's going to heal my back, and I'm going to stand on it. I'm going to get to that next. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I want to read some scriptures, and I don't know what time it is. I don't want to bore you. I want to uh, encourage you. I want to lift you up, and I want to pump you for the new year that's coming for a better year in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You know, they prophesied for years that there's a Messiah coming, there's a Messiah coming, there's a Messiah coming. How many years in the Old Testament they're talking about the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming. He's coming, he's coming. And you're like, yeah, right. And we preach about, oh, you know, we're in the last days. Jesus is coming. And people go, that's the, the elderly man that went to be with the Lord. I've been hearing that all my life. Well, then we're one day closer. We're one day closer. And so, you know, we just kind of just disregard things. Just like Jesus is a prince of peace. We hear it so much that we just kind of, oh, yeah, he's a prince of peace. But do you have peace in your life? Words. We just throw words around. We just throw them around like dirty laundry. And that's what some of it is. Dirty laundry. Got to carry the baggage. And so trials, tribulations, hard times are promised. None of us escape them. If you haven't had very many yet, you haven't lived long enough. But Jesus said to take heart because I've overcome this world. But let me tell you something. What makes it harder is to not have the word of God to stand on, to not know who you are in Christ, to have lost your identity. Like Pastor Tom said this morning, there's an identity crisis. The enemy's out to rob you from who you, for, so for you to not know who you are. Listen, if, it, if I, I am, I'm shy. I mean, okay, I'm not shy. But I mean, you know why I'm not shy? Because Jesus interrupted my life so much, and I love him so much, that I want to make a difference in life. I, I've sang on TBN. I have um, did hosting for TBN for the international or, or the, for the local station in Dallas for I don't know how many years. Sang with Dina Mary Brown on Unfolding Majesty for nine or t- ten years or twelve years, and, and done things I thought I would never do. And I, I still even sit there in amaze, going, <laughs> "There's a whole world of people out there, Jesus." And they can really sing. But you chose me. So, okay, Lord, here we go. You know? And, and scared to, there's men in here. But just scared to where I, I think, God, I lose five pounds every time I go in there because I got to go to the bathroom. I'm so nervous. I just got, you know, like your stomach just makes, just goes crazy. You got to say, line up, line up. I remember standing behind the curtain on this side, Tom standing the curtain on that side. And you go, around the world. Have you ever watched TVN? And they're saying it from Africa and from Asia. And blah, blah, blah. I look at Tom and go, I got to go to the bathroom. No, you're going live TV. You can't. Oh, but I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Not now. Two hours of t- t- live to tape. <laughs> TV. <laughs> and, you know, like Joyce Meyer said, sometimes you just got to do it afraid. You know, I, sometimes you think you have it all together, too. And I, I sit there going, oh, I did all that studying, read all this stuff. I don't know nothing. I, I sometimes think when I get up, I'm not going to know what to say. I'm not going to have anything to say. <laughs> I'd laugh at the devil with that. Because <laughs> I know my husband and everybody else who hears he goes, huh? Boy, don't listen to that voice. Amen. <laughs> Proverbs fifteen twenty eight tells us, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Ecclesiastes 10, 12 says, Wise words bring approval, but fools are destroyed by their words. They're destroyed by what? So are we destroying people by our words? Are we destroying our own lives and our own family when we say, that child of mine's never going to amount to nothing. And we point their finger in their face instead of saying, you are a child of God. You will act right. You will walk right in Jesus' name. Listen, I had a tough son. My middle son, my third son was lucky to make the earth because my second son was so rebellious. My sister go, you sure they didn't switch that child at the hospital on you? I said, I don't know. I'm believing. I'm thinking about that. <laughs> my mother called people at the church and go, that's a sweet and sour child. Because you look at him, you look so sweet, you walk up and he kick you. I'm like, oh! 
going to whoop you. I'm going, no, I'm going to beat you. I remember telling my, one son, my son one time, I'm like, okay, now I don't ever cuss unless I'm in the pulpit like Pastor Tom. But my son, he hid from me in the store and said, I'm going to beat the hell out of you. I said, you know, little hell. You hid from me in that thing. He goes, I'm telling daddy, you're cussing. I said, I'm going to tell him for you. You just go right ahead. I'll be the first one to tell you. If you ever hide from me again like that, I am going to beat hell out of you. Do you understand that? You know? Ugh. So, but we speak things from our mouth, even over, we're declaring over our children. You know, your mom and dad might have declared over you things that was not God, what God has to say about you. You may have worked with somebody who beat you up all the time with their words and, and, and said, oh, you can't do that, right? Listen, and don't fight against flesh and blood. Don't fight your mom and dad. Don't, don't fight and argue with the kids. Get in the presence of God. Get in the word of God. Find out what God has to say. And then you have a word against the devil and the principalities and the powers in the heavenlies that then you, you pull down those strongholds and say, ah, oh, I've caught you, you liar. You're a, you're a deceiver. And God's word says, I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm rich. I'm not poor. I'm riching the things of God. And God said, he'll supply all my needs. He'll bless the work of my hands. He'll multiply everything that I put my hand to. And, and then, but now girls, but here's the thing. Then you get, in the, you get in, the, in the presence of God and you're saying all these things and you learn how to do warfare, but then you get with your friends and you go, God, I'm so broke. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I just hate my job. And I just can't stand When I go home, all my husband wants to do is bicker and complain all the time. I'm just ready to throw in the towel. I don't know. And I just, you know, I just get so angry. I just yell and scream and just throw I do throw the towel. I just go to bed and say, with all of you. Okay. There's, there's something between being in the presence of God and even at church, that when you get out of church and you're on your way home, <laughs> that you're challenged with. And you go home or you go back on the job and you're, you know, you got people who really frustrate you. Or you go to church and you think, oh my God, they're going to come to my church. I can't believe it. Did you know so-and-so was here? I'm leaving. You're going to give up your position where God's called you to be because somebody's here that's challenging your love? No. Look at this as an opportunity that God says, when you love the lovable, you have gained nothing. But when you love the unlovable, you touch the heart of God. Have you ever been unlovable? I'm sure you haven't. I know I haven't. Yes, we have all been unlovable at times in our life. I thank God that my issues were my issues in our marriage with Tom because if he had treated me the way I treated him the first seven years, I'd have left him behind. I said, uh-uh, you ain't talking to me that way. You ain't not acting that way, and I'm not sleeping in the same bedroom with you. Uh-oh. Boy, that could be a preaching night. Okay, ladies, and since I did say that, I'm going to go here. The Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, okay? You open up the door to the enemy. So even if you have to agree to disagree, say a prayer with each other before you go to bed. And you're not for sale and if your husband needs you, be happy. You have a calling upon your life to not withhold yourself from your husband for very long periods at a time because you set him up for a trap, the Bible says. I didn't say it. Jesus did. In here, so don't throw any stones at me. Because I've been married 27 years and I haven't always wanted to just, you know, be happy. And uh, sure, honey. But you get things right. And, you know, it makes for a happy marriage. Don't set your husbands up for a trap, okay? Uh, if you need counseling, I understand. And I understand there's lots of problems. You know, we have to give our life away. 
We have to learn to give their life away. We have to live a sacrificial life. It's not just all about me. It might have been before, but not if you said I do. Okay? So I just want to encourage you there. Um, and seriously, I know there's serious problems. I'm not a counselor. I have the counselor living in me. He does move through me. And I do counsel people by the Spirit of God that I'm not a counselor. If I see you more once or twice, I send you to a real counselor who studied your problems and they know how to help you. But I always say that pastors from the pulpit are free counseling. Go to church. Don't only go to church. Don't only listen. Do what he says. Do what he says. It's free counseling. I just want to tell the world. Sunday morning service, if you have a pastor who's preaching from the Word of God, if you will do what he says, your life will get right. Amen? Okay, focus. I told you I don't focus very much. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Figure that. And the Word, you can stand on it. The words of the wise bring healing. James one twenty six. If you claim, uh, you know this. Result, I read this this morning. It kind of fits with the message, but I really like it. So I just thought I'd read it to you. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. I didn't say it. Bird said it. Let me read it again. James one twenty six. If you claim to be religious, and I don't, to me, I don't really like the religious word because the world looks at us Christians as religious. It's religion that choked out the word and killed Jesus. So if you claim to be a Christian, Christ-like, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion, your Christianity is not really, it's worthless. What makes it worthless? Because what are we offering different to the world and the people around us at work that are not Christians when we react the same way to stress, anxiety, or the husband at home, or the kids acting out, just like they do. God offers us victory in every circumstance. Circumstances always change, but guess what? We serve a God that never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has given us power in the Holy Spirit to be able to conquer every enemy. But you know how you do it? Through the words of your mouth, speaking words by faith, releasing God's power so that it can manifest in this earth, what God says that we have. And I'm, I know where I'm headed now because it's right where I'm, I'm feeling it. Mark eleven twenty three tells us, For verily I say unto the preacher, uh-uh. For verily I say unto your mama or your grandmama, uh-uh. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, okay? You're whosoever. You're not your mama. You're not the preacher. You're not the pastor's wife. But God says in Mark eleven twenty three that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, mountain of debt, mountain of fear, mountain of pain, mountain of frustration, mountain of bitterness, mountain of anger, whatever your problem is, whatever that mountain is that's keeping you from walking in the victory of Jesus Christ. I, and for me, right before, um, right before Easter, it was like... Mountain of pain, I cast you into the sea in the name of Jesus. Mark eleven twenty three says, For who, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he saith, which he saith, and does not doubt, he shall have whatsoever that he saith. I went to bed on a Sunday night, laid down, that's all I did, and from my... Cheek 
all the way down this leg, went co- the whole padding of my right leg, my left leg went completely dead, and half my foot went numb. And so it startled me, and it felt really strange. I didn't know what happened. I got out of the bed, and it was like a knife stabbed me in the hip. And it was like, oh, God. And now, listen, I have been bedridden three times before this. I had been supernaturally healed. I had back surgery. And then another time was a, a two-year walking out of constant pain Till one day I got out of bed. Was, I was in high school. And my mom had declared the word of God over me every day. And I got out of bed. It's like, oh, I can straighten my body up. Wow, I can bend my knees. I, you know, you just don't know how to appreciate life sometimes till you just have had some hurt in your life to say, oh, thank God. And you have a little more compassion for those who say they're hurting. And so 14 days I did not sleep. <laughs> and I, on the seventh day of saying, I, I, I would just walk the floor. I think Tom got up on the third or fourth night and just walked. I said, listen, somebody's got to get some sleep. Don't walk this floor with me. <laughs> and, and it got worse on the seventh day. And we'll make the story short because I want to just get to the point. So I, I, I saw all this word and I just, I, I said, God, you said. And I would say, I am not having back surgery in the name of Jesus. God, you are the, you said that Jesus is my great physician. I choose you. I choose you, I choose your word, I choose to believe your word, and in the name of Jesus' body, you will line up. I cast this numbness into the sea, I cast this pain into the sea, my backbone is strong, my discs are strong, they are healthy in the name of Jesus, and I would just do this and do this. And I went, well, I did go on the third day, because I wasn't ignorant, I mean, I'm not, I, I think it's wise sometimes to go to doctors, because God's giving them wisdom to help us sometimes, right? And I, and, and I, again, I, did, I believed God for healing in 1994 and ended up having back surgery. And God healed me through the surgeon, and, and it, was a, it was a long journey. But uh, I got back on my feet and back to normal life. Went to Six Flags, rode all the rides, and do cartwheels still today because the doctor said, if you ever stop doing what you've been doing, you're going to lose it. Well, I don't want to lose doing cartwheels and stand on my head. So, yes, I'm 47, and I'll do that. I'll do it for you later if you need me to. But <laughs> it's not my plan tonight to prove to you what I can do in Jesus' name. But... I kept declaring the word. And so I went to the doctor on the third day because I'm like, wow, I'm so tired. You know, <laughs> I didn't realize how tired I could have been until I was like seven days and 10 days. And woo, it's getting really long. You can do more than what you think under the grace of God. You need double grace. Well, you don't get it until you need it. Okay. So I am walking the floor and I go to the doctor. On the th- that, that happened on a Sunday anyway, or no, on a Friday actually. And then on a Monday, I went to the doctor and I was telling them what was going on. And so they gave me some pain medicine, you know, like they like to do. Give me some pain medicine. They gave me some um, an ant- uh, uh, muscle relaxer and some steroids. So they were going to put me on these steroid pills. So I'm, I said, okay, you know, could you get me an MRI? No, we don't do that. Just take this medicine. So, okay. I, I began, I get on the medicine. And on the seventh day, I'm like, it's worse. I don't know. If, I, I can't figure out if it's the, it's the steroid. I start reading a little bit about the side effects. Oh, you don't want to do that. <laughs> well, that'll attack you. Oh, my God, I'm about to lose my leg. <laughs> you know, my muscles don't stop, and they're not ever going to work. Oh, Jesus, no, nah, throw that in the trash. Don't read it. So I, I, um, I go back to the doctor and say, hey, I, I can't. My, my ankle is not moving very well, and, and my, my muscles are so stiff now in my calf, and it's like they're like a board, and they don't want to move at all. I feel like I'm losing all mobility in this muscle in this leg now, even though I can't feel it, and I have this knife stuck in my hip, and it don't feel good. <laughs> and um, so the lady says, well, the doctor, um, he, he just said, keep taking it. No, it's okay. I'm like, okay, I don't believe that. So I go home, and I work myself off the steroids. I'm going, I ain't taking that stuff. So, G, and I'm quoting the word day and night. And about the 
I, I went to that place a couple of times. To make the story shorter, longer, <laughs> we always say that, make the story shorter, but um, I'm going to skip a few things. Well, on the 14th day, I'm headed back to that, that clinic, and, and they said, no, don't come here. We were talking about your case, and the doctor said he's going to send you to uh, some place. I said, do you mean the Healthy Institute off of Hawkins Road? And they said, yes, we're faxing the stuff over there now. I said, I'm doing a U-turn. The police would just have to chase me. So I said, I'm doing a U-turn now. I'm going there. Don't make sure you're faxing my stuff. So this is the 14th day, and I'm like, so delirious. I mean, I, I've, I hurt so bad I can't hardly cry, and I want to, but it would take too much energy and don't really have a lot to, to share, you know, of energy to, to get out. So um, I get there, and they don't have my paperwork, and I said, can, you, can I just see somebody? And she's like, she's looking, she gives me this deal. 13 days out, and tears started flowing down my eyes and my face, and, and, and I said, okay, thank you, and, and I'm, I'm dragging my leg out, and, and my husband calls, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. I'm going home, and I'm just going to keep praying, and, just, and it's, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. I'm coming to get you. Okay, whatever. So I get home, and he comes there, and, and he says, we're going to the hospital. I said, okay, fine. We're going to the hospital. We'll go to ER takes me to ER. You think, oh, good, you're at a hospital. They take good care of you. They'll get me an MRI then. <laughs> well, either two hours later, they gave me, the, it's the long, I'm going to do the short story because it was not good. And I said, God, I don't have room in my heart to be bitter towards this doctor who doesn't seem to be compassionate at all. So I forgive him right now. And um, uh, so it's fine. Um, and the lady comes in and said, I told the doctor I didn't want the shots. I, I have all them shots that you want to give me by pill form. I don't take the pain medicine. I don't take the muscle relaxers. I just take, uh, well, right now I'm not taking anything. <laughs> and she's, I said, how long were those? She goes, ma'am, you don't have to take them. I said, tell me what they are and why I, I need them. She goes, okay, well, this is a pain medicine. I said, throw that one out. I, I walked in here. I want to walk out. Thank you. And um, she said, this is an anti-inflammatory, and this is a muscle relaxer. I said, Give them to me. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So, and I have this little hole in my hip from those shots. <laughs> but uh, it's not really a hole. It's an indention where all the tissue just kind of, whatever, was destroyed. But um, we leave there. My husband's upset, too. And he's like, can the doctor just not order an MRI? His orders were, go back and see your doctor from 18 years ago. I'm like, he's dead. <laughs> so, I didn't tell him that. I didn't, didn't see him again. So, we leave. And I get home. And we're, you know, it's, we're a little... I was a little discouraged. I'm like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And, and Tom goes to bed. And I had called the lady friend. And she said, I'll call my doctor and Tyler. And, and I'll get, you. I said, just pray the will of the Lord. Just pray God's will. If I'm supposed to go to Tyler, I'll go to Tyler. But um, so I'm walking the floor. And it's 1230 at night. And I had read in the scripture because I, I stood up at the table and read a lot because I couldn't sit. Couldn't lay down. And I'd try to lay down, and what would happen is the increase of that numbness would just, like, feel like I couldn't feel my leg at all, so it just, it just would push me back on my feet. And so I read in the Scripture, and I won't go to it, but in Matthew where when the three people that were supposed to be praying with Jesus, and that can you not tarry with me one hour? And right before Jesus was, was going to give up his life, and I, I never saw this before, that an angel of the Lord came and gave Jesus strength. I was like, oh. Lord, I need my angel of strength. I just, if you'll strengthen my physical body, I can do this. I have to have some rest. I felt so delirious in my mind. I thought I was going to go out of my mind. 
And if, if you'll just send the angel of strength, God, if you'll just give my physical body strength, we're going to defeat this devil in the name of Jesus. I refuse. I had stood up in the pulpit twice and said, I am not having surgery. By his stripes, I am healed. I made my foot wear a heel. I wore heels that day and maybe in a skirt even. And, and I was walking across there. To, anyway, but I just kept declaring God's word, speaking from my mouth. And not, not foolishly, but because I had received my healing already by faith. You know, I, I've, I've been through other struggles, and I've been to doctors. They've helped me. And, and if, if you believe in the doctor, if you believe in the medicine, for goodness sake, take it. Because what you put your faith in, I just believe it's going to work for you. You have to bless the medicine, bless the doctor's hands, and, and get healed. But sometimes God wants to do a supernatural healing in our life, even in our hearts, where they're bitter, where we're cold, where we're saying things in our mouth, and we just keep spewing things out of our mouth, and we keep having what we say instead of saying what God says that we can have. And so I get a phone call at 7.30 in the morning, and it says, this is Dr. Schlade's office. Can you come to my office at 11 o'clock? I was like, sure. I'm like, who in the world gave me my number? I didn't ask. So I call my husband. Oh, no, here's the, no. I, I'm walking. I ask for the angel of strength. Well, at 12.30, I decide I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down. I lay down, and that's all I remember. An hour and a half later, I'm waking up. And I went, wow, I fell asleep. That felt so good. And I get up. And the pain is gone from my hip. Now the numbness, I still can't hardly, I'm dragging my leg. All that other symptom from that pain was still there. So I go to the doctor and ultimately over six or eight period weeks of time, because I'm being too detailish, that's my personality. Over, over a period of six to eight weeks of time, the doctor miraculously got to see that what I was saying, that God did every piece of it. I had an MRI done. Um, he saw me on a Thursday, and um, it was the day before uh, Good Friday. He said, I don't know if I can get you an MRI. I said, just call them. They're going to see me. I'll come even tonight. They saw me at 845 that night, got an MRI done, and the MRI showed I had two bulging discs and one, one um, herniated disc. And you could see it come, you know, out where it wasn't supposed to be. It's like, oh. But I said, you know what? The doctor said, he, if you'll get the MRI done, I know it's Good Friday, slide it under my door, and I will read it, and I will call you. All weekend, he didn't call. And, and Tom was like, he said he was going to call. I said, doesn't matter. doesn't matter what the report says. doesn't matter what, that the doctor don't call me. I can sleep now. And I would only, I mean, I'd sleep two and a half hours, and I'd wake up for several hours. Because my body was so not used to sleeping, it took me a while for me to start sleeping. And I would walk the floor and pray. I'd pray for the real estate lady that I met that had been in chronic pain for 25 to 30 years that that that's a miracle too she received a miracle prayed for the guy who did the mri because i told him i said you know that um faith is the substance of things hoped for it is the evidence of the things unseen now i'm going in this machine but i just want you to know by stripes i'm healed he goes he starts crying a man starts crying and so he called me another scripture he'd been standing for his wife she had left him so i just used that opportunity to pray for others instead because I, I just i'm healed now, my foot's not working, my leg's not working. So when we get in there, the doctor says, you know, you don't have surgery because of pain. You have surgery because of damage. I said, I understand that, sir. And, and in the natural, that's, I'm sure that's very true. <laughs> not denying that. But you see, God sent me my angel of strength, and I've had some sleep now, <laughs> an hour and a half last night. So if you'd have caught me on the seventh day, I said, okay, use your expertise. Get this thing done, and let's get, on, get healed and get on the other side of this. But I said, it's too late. I didn't have a breakthrough. I asked for the breakthrough. I got the breakthrough. Now I'm ready to go through all the way. And so we did. I stood. And God healed me completely. There are still a little few things in my body that I'm still speaking to. 
But I'm telling you, God is able. And but if, if I had somewhere in between there and I could have had back surgery and, and, and been just fine. I wouldn't change my my walk with God. I wouldn't have been less spiritual or more spiritual. I'm just saying, you know, if you grab hold of that faith and you, and you just have something that tells you, no, don't go that way. Don't go that way. God has something planned for you. And I and, and, and you know what? It's not the trials and tribulations that increases your faith. I used to think that. Oh, you just tell all those testimonies. No. If you say, well, I don't know. I don't have enough faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says how to get faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, see, since I couldn't sleep, I did more reading on the word of God than I'd done in a long time as a busy mother and pastor of five, six, seven hundred people and, you know, running and going and coming and going. I was in the word. And it built my faith. But without patience to undergird your faith, we get impatient. We say, oh, the heck with that, God. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to get rid of that husband. No way. I'm, 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 I'm leaving. I'm getting out of this. I'm jumping out of the boat. I'm going across to another town. I'm tired of these people. And, and, or, you know, I'm t whatever it is, whatever our troubles are. So I'm just encouraging you tonight. Start the new year outright. Finish this one strong. Miss Linda, it's been painful. And Jesus has been right there by your side all along, but it doesn't make it less painful that he's carried you through the pain. And now he wants us to not focus on the pain, but turn our pain into power, into, into a testimony, all of our tests into a testimony. What has God done for you this year? What is God saying to you? And is it be careful with your words of your mouth so that next year, you can stand stronger by quoting what God says versus what we feel. Because we, us girls, we feel a lot. Oh, I feel sick. Oh, I just don't feel like I'm in love anymore. Or I just, I just don't like that pastor. Can you believe? I mean, we just go on. We can. We can rant. We, we have the gift of gossip and talk and, you know, thank God for the gift of talk. But we need to be talking the right stuff. Amen. And I'm going to close. Wow. It's 843. When did I start? Praise the Lord. So Matthew 12, 36 also tells us this, that you and I must give an account on judgment day for every idle word that comes out of our mouth. Every idle word. So, you know, if we don't want to be held accountable for those words, we can repent, ask God to forgive us, and start all over today. We serve a wonderful God, don't we? We don't have to live in condemnation. We don't have to live in the hurts of the past. We don't have to be in bondage to the things of the past. We can embrace Jesus in every area of our lives and receive redemption, receive love, forgiveness, and a whole new start. How many want to start, want to start afresh? In <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes. Well, guess what? This is your night to start afresh and anew. And I would just like to pray, if I could, for you. And um, is it okay if I just say a prayer for everybody, Miss Shelley? Because I have like 50 more pages of notes. Just kidding. No, but I, I, I do have other notes, but I'm not bound to these notes, obviously. There's a lot of other things that weren't on the notes. But what I am bound to is doing the will of God, saying His words not mine, even for you. I've prayed for y'all. I do pray 
that even if it's just one nugget, you know, one word from God can change your life forever. So find something. If I haven't said it tonight, find it in God's word. It's, it's, this is our life source. You want to live a good life? You can live it even through the hard times, the difficult times. But you have to choose it. Pray that you choose life, life more abundantly. And choose the joy of the Lord over sorrow. We'll have sorrow. I, I mean, I, I did cry. In fact, as I cried um, on and off at different times throughout the year, uh, almost two, well, two years now that my grandmother left, I'd kind of just feel sad. And all of a sudden, I would see her face and think, I just would let myself cry for a little bit. And I'd say, Jesus, I thank you for my memo. And I begin to just declare what a blessing she was and bring myself right out of that sorrow. Because, you know, it's, it's good. Tears are good. We have tears of sorrow and we have tears of joy. But, and, and it's a cleansing for us. You know, if you haven't cried in a long time, go have a good cry with Jesus. Get alone with God. Let God open your heart back up, especially if you're not, if you've got to the place you're so hard you just don't feel anymore. That's not good. Or if you are a person that you feel so much, you say too much about your feelings. Get with God. Leave your cares with him tonight. Pick up your cross, follow after Jesus, and make a difference. But you know where it starts? I can't change Crystal. I can't change anybody in this room. But I can change me. You know, you might be thinking, I'm just going to change my husband. He might not ever change. And if he doesn't, are you just going to live an unhappy life? Let Jesus be your husband. There's a lot of joy in knowing him. Find some girlfriends to hang out with and that, that just really bring you a lot of joy. Don't let sorrow be your company anymore. Don't let sadness set in your heart and stay there. Listen, life is so short. If we just really knew how short it was. And if God was to tell you you've got two weeks left on the earth, what are you going to do with the last two weeks? And the truth is, some of us, and I hope all of us have until Jesus comes, but what if we didn't have it 48 hours? First thing I want to make sure that you tell everybody how much you love them, even though they were rotten, they caused you a lot of pain, that's your child and you just can't control him. No, but you can control your attitude. I love you. I don't like what you do. I don't agree with what you do, but I love you so much. Love, love, love. My favorite, one of my favorite, and I was, almost went to there and said this, the rest of these things I've said about words of mouth, but 1 Corinthians 13, go home and read it. It's the greatest gift of all. I love all the gifts. Praying in tongues and, and laying, the healing, laying on healing of hands. Thank God that we can do signs and miracles and wonders in God. But if you do all that and sell everything that you have and you have not loved, the Bible says, Jesus said, you have profited nothing, no thing. Thank God for the gifts. But I don't care if you don't have any, if you can't prophesy, if you don't have money to give to the poor, if you don't, whatever, if you don't lay hands on the sick and they recover, love people. People don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. It's true. We all were born to be loved. So in this season, love, love, love. Lay down everything that so easily besets us. 
especially offenses. Woe unto him who takes an offense. We are dead in Christ. We're not supposed to be offended because Pastor Eric said that or Pastor Shelley didn't say hello to me. Can you believe that? And that, that sorry guy, whatever it is, or those people in the nursery, if you complain about the nursery and you've never served there, shame on you. You would be so thankful for your nursery coordinator and those children's directors if you had ever knew what sacrifices that are made so that you can come in church and worship Jesus. If you want to be great in the kingdom, be the greatest servant of all. Serve, serve, serve. And honor your pastors. Give to them. From the, you know, oh, I just love to give. Can I tell one more story? It's 849. Who's going to cut me off here? <laughs> oh, it's my husband. Yes, because I always go, honey, it's the kind of service you need to cut it off. It's a women's meeting. You're not supposed to be here anyway. <laughs> the best way to prosper is to give. You need love? Give it. Give it. If you need money, sow it. Last year, I'm going to tell this story. I almost wanted to get up this morning and tell it in service. Last year, y'all, you know, my husband and I, we've never had a lot of money. And God's just blessed us. He always does. But I... Not, not, let's see, it was a year ago this last December. Um, I'd saved over, I don't know how long it took me, maybe a year or so. You know, we get mad money. We call, I don't know why people call it mad money. It's glad money. If you're a woman who does not, like, hide all the, the change, you take your husband. My husband just drops the change over, and, and then I'll go in, and I'll cash it in, and I'll stash it somewhere. I'm not telling you where. And then, but I had, I had built it up to $1,000. Like, ah! That was a lot of money to me. And so I'm so excited because, too, I know in the future we're going to build a house, you know. And so, but then December came, and I'm, I'm counting my money every now and then going, wow, man, I got $1,000 now. And, and I, just, I just looked to Jesus and said, now, Jesus, I know it feels good to have that $1,000, but it don't belong to me. And if you want me to give it and it's my seed and not my provision for what it is I'm saving my money for, you know I'll give it. Well, guess what? He called for it. <laughs> During the, the holidays of Christmas, there was a family that um, had four children, and they, had, they just had one hit after another. The car would break down. They had the water explode underneath their trailer house, and it filled the house. It was just, and, I, and I said, oh, they need a break. I could not wait. That was a Saturday night, and I was like, I heard that something else had happened, and they didn't get to go somewhere and be a family because the husband was under the trailer house and trying to get the pipes all fixed. And I'm like... Gosh, you know, I, I, mean, I had three kids, and it was hard to raise with, you know, everything that they have need of. And he had four. So I'm like, you know what? I think that's who I need to give that money to. I couldn't wait for church the next day. Oh, I was wrapping up an envelope. I said, go give this to them, and don't let them know, because it's from Jesus. And I was so excited. I could not wait to give that money away. In eight months, and I remind my Lord, you say, plant your seed with a purpose. So, now that I don't have that money in my, in, my, in my stash here, you know I was building that up for the need of this, what my desire is. So, you're going to take care of that. In eight months, we were given $20,000. Is that a harvest? Ah! Woo! I don't want to break your equipment here, but... Yeah! So, I'm just saying, if you have a need, sow a seed. If it's love, then so love. If you need friendship, the Bible says you to have a friend, you have to be friendly. Ooh. 
So this holiday season, give your life away. Choose it next year. You're going to think about others more than you think about yourself because that's really the way to healing. The way to find healing. Serve in the children's department. Serve your pastor. Serve your, the pastor's wife. Serve someone in the church who's sick and their children, they need someone to watch their kids. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Ask him, is this money yours or mine, God? Is my time your time or my time, God? Show me who I can serve or where I can serve. Give your life away. That's why, you know, I think that's why I get bubbled over with joy so much. Because I found the gift of giving is so wonderful. You just get blessed back so much more than what you give. And you know what? The money doesn't mean anything. Now, it's, it's better to preach with money in your pocket. I mean, I like it. But um, I don't have to have it. I went without it for a long time. Day to day, trusting God. And you know what? Joy's not going to be in the house I built. I've learned, to, I've learned to have joy in a rent house, in a small house, 800-square-foot home, 3,500-square-foot home. And, and, and I've been in you're just 27 years of marriage. You know you're here and you're there and you're up and you're down and you're just wherever God tells you to go. Because what we have doesn't belong to us. I've been given really nice gifts and rings, nice rings. And, and God say, just hold. I'm, I'm kind of like his holding tank. Okay, Jesus, I'll enjoy it while I have it. That a prophet one time came to me and said, every gift that comes to your hands, God says, don't give it all away because some of it he wants you to keep. It's just so much joy. When you learn to give and it becomes a habit, it's like, now don't say this to me because I like these earrings. I love your earrings. I give my earrings and my jewelry away all the time. <laughs> but God replaces it. But I said, God, all this costume jewelry that I've been getting back, though, too, I've given some real jewelry away. And so I just call him a harvest of, of, a, of a real ring. And I got it. And it wasn't just a ring. It was a family heir ring that um, my cousin had got when her mother passed away. And she said, she called me because I was like, you know, I've given away all this jewelry. And I said, God, I think today I want to ask you for a harvest from the, all the jewelry that I've given away. That's real jewelry. And two weeks later, I got a phone call. And my cousin said, Charlotte, I've been thinking about this ring for a year. Can I meet you somewhere? I want to give this to you. I don't wear it when my mother passed away. And it is very nice. It, when the light shines on it, it's like the star of David, and it just moves around. It's like, and it just, it's just, it's got diamonds all around it, and it's blue, sapphire in the middle. It's called something. It has a fancy name to it. I don't, I'm not into stuff, so I don't, because I'm kind of starved or something, but I probably should know, but, because one lady at a jewelry store goes, hey, where'd you get that ring? That's a really nice ring. You know, you don't see many of those. That's pretty expensive. I said, yeah, God gave it to me. Father gave that to me. So. Watch the birds of your mouth. Change your life. Change your future. Lay down your life. Give your life away. Start the new year off giving your life away and reaping God's harvest of love, compassion. Whatever he tells you to do, do it because he's setting you up for a blessing. Amen? Amen. That's it. I, I finished before 9 o'clock. Don't know when I started, but... <laughs> I hope that you did get something from that tonight. And I do want to say a prayer. Can I just say a prayer over every one of you? If you just close your eyes and you pray, Father, I just want to walk to the tables, Lord, and lay my hands upon your daughters, Lord. 
stir up the gift of God. You said through the laying on of hands that we stir. He said, the Bible says, lay, through the laying on of hands, we stir up the gift of God in one another. Stir up the gifts in your daughter, what you've called her to do. All your daughters, Father God, in Jesus' name. You, you, Lord, you've called them out of darkness to walk into your marvelous light. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, I call forth the gifts. Just because you're young girls, don't think that God's not got his hand on you and called you to do something. You don't have to wait till later to do it. Start doing it now. Start doing it now. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father God, for pouring out your spirit on your daughters. I speak blessing, blessings, Lord God, healing and restoration, Father. But let the gifts begin to flow. Lord, give them faith to step out and give their lives away, that they'll begin to find what their gifts are and what they enjoy in life most. Father, there are teachers in here that have not ever stepped out to teach. Lord God, and what a wonderful opportunity to, to go into the children's department and start teaching them the Bible stories and, and how much it causes us to grow and the hunger to rise up within us, Father God. Lord, there are intercessors in here that through their pain, Lord, you've taught them how to pray. I thank you, Father God, that they would, they would answer the call, Father God, in Jesus' name, even to be the best mother that you've called them to be. Lord, that's a great calling, a mother that you've entrusted them with small children Lord, and that you have given them, uh, Father, the ability to read your word and to instruct their children, Father God, and raise them up in the admonition of the Lord. Father, there are so many gifts in this room, so many things that, that we still haven't even learned about ourselves, God, because we haven't stepped out of our comfort zone and stepped out of the boat, Lord God, and walked on the water. And so, Lord, may we all the gift of faith be stirred up in each and every one of us to have faith to believe you that what you say is true and that you said, God, that we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath, Lord God, and that we can do all things through Christ. And, Lord, that the love of God, be, that we be filled with your love, Father. And when our, when our love tank is empty, may we come to you, that the Father who is the Father of lights, the Father of love, and let you touch our hearts, God, and fill us with your love. And when we go and we empty out, Lord God, that love to your people, that we always come back, Lord, to be filled up, full of your Holy Spirit. Bless this woman of God, Lord, in Jesus' name, because, she, Lord, I, your blessings on her. You've blessed her to be a blessing. And, Father, I just pray for Virginia that she continually... Um, is just so open to what it is that, that you are doing in the spirit and that she's bold as a lion and harmless as a dove, full of your love. And as she empties herself out, God, you feel her back up. For Pastor Shelley, Lord God, that, that Jesus, that she's pastor precious she's so precious lord god i thank you that you send her precious friends people to hold her arms up lord when they need to be held up lord people who will love her unconditionally and give her the kind of god love that you are able to fill us with in jesus name thank you father thank you jesus lord as i just lay hands on your daughters i stir up gifts jesus i've not forgotten you i know you by name i know every hair on your head Thank you, Father, for the gift of peace. And that, Lord, that we learn to abide in you, and that you abide in us, that we walk in that perfect peace that passes all of our understanding. Because when we acknowledge you, you said you would direct our path. Thank you for your provision, God. Lord, just one day at a time, one moment by moment sometimes is what it is, Jesus. 
Sometimes, Lord God, when things in our lives seem to be all upside down, it's okay. We can look to you. You're right there to hold our hands, to build our lives up. Father, when the wind blows, thank you that everything that needs to fall, that it falls to the ground that's not you. And Lord, but everything that you want to build up, let us begin to build it upon the solid rock, the foundation of Jesus Christ. Not on what we think. Not on how we think it's going to happen or who it's going to happen through. But Lord, to look to you to sustain us, to keep us in all of our ways. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I can do all things through Christ who is my strength. Lord, we just roll away the pain. The hurts of the past, Lord God. And Lord, we let go of those who have hurt us. Lord, it's so amazing that you um, mentioned to us, Lord, in your word, to forgive others so that you can forgive us. So help us to forgive, Lord. We don't forgive because they deserve it. You didn't forgive us because we deserve it. So let us not hold a grudge in our heart towards anybody, Lord. But to forgive them because, Lord, no, nothing in this life is worth holding on to that would keep us from your blessings in our life and your freedom. We need your freedom, Lord. You gave to us freely, so may we freely give forgiveness to others, Lord. May we freely, Lord God, walk in the light, not because um, we deserve it, but because you gave it. Thank you, Jesus. Stir up the gifts of God and dreams and visions. You said that your sons and daughters would prophesy and dream dreams and have visions, Lord. Father God, I, I, I so love your word because it's, it's our life source our love story from you to us, God. Let us not miss it while we're here, but let us read your word and, and meditate upon it day and night and then walk in it and receive it with thanksgiving in our heart, God. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. We're more than conquerors. Praise you, Lord. We stir up the gift of God that is within us, Lord, that we might shine as lights upon the earth. Be a shining light, Lord Jesus, for all to see your glory and your beauty through your bride, Lord. We are your bride. Help us to see ourselves pure and white as snow, as princes, being married to a king of kings and lord of lords. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. No greater love than that you laid down your life. And we, you chose to lay down your life for us, God. May we choose to live our life for you because you're worth living for. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 
You're the God that restores. You take our broken lives and you use them, Lord, for your glory. Help us to be having a willing heart. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to be slow to speak and eager to listen. We ask these things in your son's name. Precious Jesus, precious Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Lord. You doing okay? I'm just going to ask Pastor Charlotte if you'll just go up there. And I'm going to release you ladies and just thank you for coming. And if, if you have any specific prayer that you'd like, we'll be up there and we'll pray for any of you. And we love you. We bless you. And and there you go. I can't sing like her, so give her a hand for coming, her and Pastor Tom. We love you guys. <laughs>